Good morning, everybody. This is James with 77 Financial Group. You're listening to 15 Minutes of Finance, where I'm going to get you excited about investing in 15 minutes or less. Let's get into today's episode. Okay, so I hope you guys have your coffee at the ready because today's episode we are covering a lot and I'm going to try and do it in under 15 minutes here. Uh, Before I get started, let's do our quote of the day and it's from Robert Kiyosaki and he says, it's not how much money you make, but how much money you keep, how hard it works for you and how many generations you keep it for. Uh, I'm going to read that again because it's it's a little bit of a, a long one, but it's a great one, especially the, the last sentence here. It's not how much money you make, but how much money you keep, how hard it works for you, and how many generations you keep it for. So thanks, Robert Kawasaki, or Kiyosaki, Kiyosaki. Thanks, Robert. Uh, I love that quote just because I came from a uh, very poor family historically, and my father was sort of the first one that broke that chain. He said, I don't care what it takes. I'm going to make sure that my family from now on, it, they're, they're, we're not going to be poor. We're not going to be poor and we're not going to be lazy. A lot of my family historically just chose not to work very hard. And again, there's, you know what, do whatever you want. Choose how to live your life. But we decided, my father decided it's going to stop with him. And it did. And I definitely adopted that. I I am scared of not having generational wealth for my children, even if it's just a little bit, but just something to give back. Um, and I owe my father everything for that. And so, yeah, I think that's what Robert embodies with that quote. Okay. So let's get enough family history for you guys. Okay. Let's get into the news. Today's uh, an interesting day here. So what is happening in the global investment world? Also, again, guys, I'm reading from the express, which is uh, Investopedia's uh, daily news articles. I'm a big fan of it. I think it covers a lot of topics quickly and precisely. So, okay. So let's read this. What's happening in the news today? Global stock markets are hitting all-time highs again, obviously. U.S. futures indicate more of the same as record GDP figures from China and strong retail sales and employment reports from the U.S. are highlighting the strength of the global economic recovery. Investors continue to buy cyclical stocks such as automakers and banks. Uh, Cyclical stocks, guys, that just means things that um, they have patterns based upon seasons. So, and I don't know the specifics, but think like, um, yeah, I guess financials and utilities, automakers, etc. There's just certain industries that do better at different parts of the year or different parts of even a decade. Um, Okay, so and the yield on the U.S., the 10-year U.S. Treasury climbed to about 1.57. That's pretty good. It's still not where it was, I think, in early March. Um, So we got to be keeping a look on that. Investors are sticking with stocks, it looks like, especially in Europe and the U.S. The Dow Jones Industrial Average and the S&P 500 are uh, at new highs as of yesterday. And the market depth and breadth is, it's been substantial. Uh, More than 95% of components in the S&P 500 are above their 200-day moving average. Okay, so that sentence is probably confusing for some of us. So components, just think that that's just the investments within it. So the S&P 500 has 500 investments. It's just the 500 largest companies. That's all that means. And the 200-day moving average is just the average price that they've Uh, that they're at over the last 200 days. So very simple. That's a common 
metric used by investors and analysts just to see if a stock has either broken through its average or if it's gone below its 200-day moving average. There's also the fi- the 50-day moving average, the 200-day moving average. There's multiple metrics, but that's just what that means. And we haven't seen this level um, except for only two other times, in December 2003 and September 2009. And according to LPL Financial, the stock market rallied for two years after this period, so or after those periods. So that's kind of an interesting uh, perspective. Okay, so I'm going to read a couple of headlines today, and I'm going to go into two of them, and then we're going to talk about what everybody wants to talk about, which is Dogecoin. Um, So stay tuned. Let's get these headlines done. So Pfizer CEO Albert Bola said that people will likely need a booster dose of its COVID-19 vaccine within 12 months of getting fully vaccinated terrifying because now we have more vaccines needed uh next is jp morgan uh chase so just think chase bank sold 13 billion dollars of bonds thursday that's the largest ever guys and thirdly we have the ceos of the largest u.s banks including chase goldman sachs and bank of america are being called to testify at capitol hill Uh, next month. And that's in regards to how they handled the virus and how they basically did operations during uh, COVID. So I think there's like six major banks are going to be there and it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be an interesting situation. I'll touch on that in a second, but let's talk about this, this uh, bond sale by Chase. So that's a big deal guys, because what Chase is betting on then is that, well, first off a bond is just debt. It's just a debt. So they're saying, hey, if you buy this, just say for an example, if you buy this book and in ten every year I'll give you uh, $1 back for your $10 purchase of this book and we'll do it for 10 years, right? So basically what you're buying when you buy a bond is a stream of income and it's kind of a, uh, a loan for a lack of better terms. So like I said, if you buy a $10 book, they're also saying, okay, buy, den- t- buy this book for $10. We'll give you a dollar for 10 years, every year for 10 years. And then at the end of it, it's called maturity. The bond has matured and then they stop paying you. So why, why is this important, right? So Chase is basically betting that they can take that initial $10, quote unquote, from this book and they can invest it elsewhere and get more than in the example we use 10% because $1 of uh, $1 out of $10 is 10%, right? So what that bank is saying is we can invest that elsewhere and maybe get 15%. And so then they just they just cut off that 5% of the top and that's their profit margin, right? So by doing that, Chase is going to have a positive outlook on the future markets. That's what they're saying by that, that they're, they're betting that their investments will be better than whatever rate of return that they're providing for their bonds. I mean, it's it's fine if that's what they think. A lot of people, uh, a lot of people disagree with that statement. But it's that to me when I read that that they're doing this um, makes me feel like they have an extremely positive outlook, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do next month in the uh, in the testi- testifying at uh, at the Capitol to see what they have to say about how they acted in uh, during the pandemic here. So let's actually let's actually touch on that now. So. So like we like we discussed earlier, the CEOs of the largest U.S. banks are going to have to go to Capitol Hill, right? So let me just read a little description here. The Senate Bank Committee and House Financial Services Committee scheduled hearings on May 26th 
27th, respectively, to question the head of six major banks about how they operate during the pandemic and the risks that firms like Archegos or Archegos capital management pose to financial markets. Okay, so this is, in my opinion, the big news of the day. Well, because it's a, it's associated with um, fraud. And so it's actually funny because Bernie Madoff died, I think, Wednesday. And you guys have all heard that name, but he was notorious for one of the biggest Ponzi schemes in the history of the U.S. So a lot of these investment guys, these big hedge funds, investment managers, people just like me are constantly frauding people. So part of the reason why I got in the industry is because of how corrupt it is. And it it makes me angry that people trust these individuals with money and then they go off and bleed them dry and it almost never ends up with justice. It's more like, oh, sorry about it. You lost your money. Oh, well, you shouldn't have trusted them. I despise that. So uh, I'm trying to change that with the way that I run my firm and I the way I help my clients. Uh, but anyways, let's talk about Archegos Capital Management. So they were, let me just pull up uh, the information here. So Archegos is a investment firm owned by Mr. Huang, H-W-A-N-G. I hope I'm saying that right. I apologize if I, if I butchered that. Um, but he was a protege of Julian Robertson, who is a famous hedge fund manager. Uh, he was called the uh, Tiger Cub, an offshoot of Mr. Uh, Robertson's Tiger Management. So that shows how close they were that he was called the Tiger Cub. But anyways, he liquidated a bunch of money in Archegos Arch- Capital Management back in, I think, March. So we're talking billions of dollars, like billions and billions of dollars. So they liquidated that. And what happens when you liquidate that much money is that it puts extreme pressure on banks. And let me let me see if there was a specific bank that we can look into. Um, the sales sent individual stocks. So at least three banks have major damage. I don't know the specifics of which banks, but that puts stress on the individual investor now, the individual person in the bank, because these banks now have to come up with this liquidity. And so they, banks don't have this much cash just sitting on hand. If you go to your regular, like a bank robber might get away uh, at a typical bank with like, $2 million, but this guy was liquidating billions of dollars. So these major banks had to come up with this capital. Well, where do they get it? They have to get it from making loans, uh, making deals, etc. And it puts extreme stress on them. That's why whenever there's a uh, big market crash and everybody goes to sell, sometimes the banks are like, nope, sorry, there's no way to get your, there's no way to get your money out because it's all happening at once. There's no liquidity for that. There's no uh, metric or standard for banks to be able to handle that. So I thought that that's extremely corrupt because it's a selfish it's a selfish way to handle any situation. And as we know, in March, um, this is of, of last year, March, the stock market took a very, very egregious and immediate dip. It was very sudden. So the people who sold right away, well, you have the, every right to, but just like in most things, what goes up must come down and what goes down will come up. So... In this situation, when they sold, they sold at a loss, and then that money's just gone forever because they didn't hold during the down point. During the, yeah, during the down point. So that's just something to consider. Interesting to see what they have to say. Um, 
with Archegos Capital. Okay, guys, let's talk about Dogecoin now. So again, if you guys listen to my last podcast, haven't always been allowed to talk about cryptocurrency, still can't really recommend it. So I'm not going to make any investment uh, recommendations here, but Dogecoin. I only like Dogecoin because Elon Musk likes Dogecoin. It was uh, it was created in 2013, guys, as a joke. It wasn't even a real investment uh, idea. It was literally just a joke. He tweeted something in 2013 like, Doge to the moon, or Doge is looking at the moon. And here we are a whole day later from yesterday, and it's up 200%. So good for everybody who invested in it. Don't be an idiot, Okay, don't be an idiot and hold on to it until it goes down. Take your earnings and go away. That's not an advice. That's me telling you this as a person who's seen plenty of people make lots of money and then never actually realize those gains because they held on to it. Whenever you guys make some money, don't be that stupid gambler who goes, they win 100 bucks and then they go and spend 500 and then they they, they leave losing everything they had. Right, I know you guys have heard of those people. They go to the casino. They they tell themselves, "I'm only going to spend a hundred bucks." Then they win two hundred, and then they spend four hundred. Those types of people are what the casino loves. All right, and the people who are doing these crypto transitions, like uh, from currency to currency, so dollar to Doge or Doge to dollar or Doge to Bitcoin. Those people make money, guys. They make money off of every transaction. It's a small amount, but the more people that trade it, the more money they make. So it's in their benefit to do this. And guys, listen, cryptocurrency is only as valuable as it is wanted by the next person. And Warren Buffett is is famous for saying this. It's a non-producing asset. It doesn't actually create anything. If person A and person B didn't want the Bitcoin or the Dogecoin, it wouldn't be worth anything because it doesn't produce anything. It's only as valuable as person A wants it from person B. So just keep that in mind. It's still a, it's still an interesting investment. The sentiment is very high. People like it because of that. It's worth something, but it's the same thing with just like gold. Gold is only worth something because somebody else wants it. It doesn't produce anything versus like a a company, right? So Apple produces iPhones. Apple produces computers. When you invest in that, you're helping create something else that costs money. And therefore, you get a profit off of that. That is why I'm more of a fan of the stock market just because I can see my money physically do something. So don't be like... A lot of these investors who just dump everything they have into crypto, be smart about it, make your money, get out, do your thing. Um, Okay, guys, that's it for today. I hope you guys have a great day. And as always, you guys can reach me at my website, 77financialgroup.com. I have an Instagram, 77financialgroup, um, and my email, james at 77financialgroup.com. I've said 77 a thousand times today. So with that said, guys, invest early, invest often. Have a great day.